this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. And that while the crowd was pressing around him, and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them. This is the NASB translation. You occasionally come across some interesting little things like, the fishermen had gotten out of them. Anyway, and they were washing their nets. And he, Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats uh, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So this is the, uh, the account of a story when Jesus goes fishing. It's the account of what happens with Jesus and some of the men who became his disciples. And actually, it's because of what happened, if you like, on this particular day, this fishing trip, because of what happened, what they saw, what they encountered, it's because of that that they actually became disciples, that they came to be wholehearted, devoted followers of Jesus. And Luke, in his account... Um, If you read in Luke chapter 1, Luke says he's giving us here a thorough account, a detailed account of events in the life of Jesus that he has personally investigated, speaking to eyewitnesses. So Luke, in this account, actually is telling us what actually happened, but also he and Jesus as well, draws out of this account, this story. When I say story, I don't mean a a novel, I mean a true story. Luke and Jesus draw out a very, very important spiritual lesson from what happens on this fishing trip. And though um, there is a supernatural catch of fish and it's easy to get drawn straight into that supernatural event, the catch of fish, What actually Luke records is something that precedes the supernatural. Something that happens before you get the catch of fish. And it's something much more practical and mundane 
that Simon and the disciples have to do, have to learn, and we need to learn about the supernatural. And that is obedience and perseverance. And what you see in this account here, there's a, a spiritual lesson going on here, I think, that obedience and perseverance lead to supernatural intervention. Our obedience and our perseverance in faith creates the dynamic for God to break in supernaturally. It's not for us to strive after miracles. It's not for us to perform miracles. I'm not here today to perform any miracles. I'm here to be obedient and to persevere. I've not seen a lot of miracles. I'll be honest with you. I've not seen many miracles. But I believe in faith that God wants to break through and bring some miracles. And our part is to do what Jesus tells us to do. To be obedient and to keep doing it and to persevere and create the dynamic through which God can break through supernaturally. Let's look at this in a bit more detail. Simon and his friends, this is no uh, summer holiday jolly of a fishing trip as it was for me standing on the beach there. This is their livelihood. This is their life. For Simon and the disciples, they needed to catch fish to be able to live, to be able to eat, to keep roofs over their head. It was their business. It wasn't just some summer pastime. It was really a life and death enterprise for them. They needed to catch fish, to be able to eat, to be able to live. But they'd been out all night and they haven't caught a single fish. And as the dawn breaks, as the sun is rising, day is starting, they've finished their fishing, they've caught nothing, they're back, the boats are beached up on the shore, they're outside the boats, they're cleaning their nets, it says in the first couple of verses, probably mending their nets as well. They are preparing for their next fishing trip, which will be the following evening. But this morning, they must have been tired, they've been out all night fishing, they must be thinking about nothing more than a good meal and a nice warm bed and trying to ignore the implications of not having caught any fish. And that would have been worrying them and, and, and wearing down on them. And then Jesus shows up. <laughs> Jesus shows up in that situation. And two things happen when Jesus, Jesus shows up. Firstly, Jesus asks Simon to get involved in what he, Jesus, is doing. That's the first thing that happens. Jesus, in this story, it's so easy to get, you know, well, Jesus performs a miracle. He comes and bails Simon out. He comes and provides them a miraculous catch of fish. But that's not the first thing that Jesus does. The first thing that Jesus does is say to Simon, come and get involved in my business. He doesn't immediately start to address Simon's needs. Jesus is on kingdom business. He's preaching the gospel. He's teaching the word of God. And the work of the kingdom takes priority over our personal business. Kingdom comes first. Before turning to Simon's personal needs, Simon's business, Jesus asked Simon to get involved in his business. And Jesus doesn't come alone. He comes uh, as often he did with a great crowd of people 
following him, surging in, desperate to hear the word of God. The people have been starved of God's word for hundreds of years. And then Jesus comes along. This is right at the beginning of his public ministry. Jesus comes along and he's teaching the word of God. And the people simply cannot get enough. So there were massive crowds of people following Jesus. They were hard on his heels as Jesus turns up on the beach and Jesus needed somewhere physically to stand to speak to them. You guys can probably see and hear me and engage with me a lot more because I'm up here than if I'm down here. Jesus needs something to elevate him and Simon's boat provided the perfect thing for him. So what does Jesus do? He climbs onto Simon's boat. And he asks Simon to put a little way out from shore. So Simon's there. (laughs) He's been in out all night catching fish. He's mending his nets. He's tired. He's hungry. He's ready to go home. And he looks around and there's Jesus in his boat. (laughs) Jesus hasn't asked. Jesus hasn't (laughs) said to Simon, do you mind if I bought Jesus is already in his boat. That's what Jesus does. I wonder what your reaction is when Jesus climbs into your boat. When Jesus turns up on your bit of shore. When you're just so preoccupied with your own needs, your personal circumstances, family, friends and all, but, and then Jesus turns up. And before you know where you are, he's, he's right there. <laughs> and he's giving you a bit of kingdom business to attend to. What's your response? You know, Jesus doesn't always ask permission. He didn't ask permission of Simon to climb on board his boat. He just got on the boat and he asked Simon to put a little little way from the shore. And what happens is Simon starts to, to serve Jesus. I mean, it's not a promotion as such for Jesus in Simon's mind. Simon is probably a well-established fisherman. Jesus asks him to become a boat taxi man. <laughs> yeah. Jesus doesn't want to go fishing from his boat. He just wants to use it as a platform, as a pulpit. And sometimes God asks us to do the simple, ordinary things, the things that we perhaps have never thought of doing because we're always chasing after the bigger things. But sometimes Jesus just wants a pair of hands to work for him. He wants a voice to speak for him. He wants a home from which he can minister to people. We are Jesus' hands and feet. And sometimes he just wants us to do the simple little things to allow him to do the supernatural things. What are you, what's your response when God just says, I want to use your voice, your hands, your feet, go there. I want to use your home for these people. What a wonderful prayer that was. God, help your church. To be a church that welcomes in the hurting, the refugees. You know, sometimes God just wants to get into our boat. (laughs) Walk into our bit of the beach. Walk into our life and say, hey, will you do this for me? And it's obedience. And obedience, as we'll see, opens up the dynamic for God to work in supernatural ways. Simon starts to serve Jesus first before... He has his own personal business attended to. The work of the kingdom, God's work, 
That's what comes first. Just feel that uh, God wants to speak particularly to uh, some people about that this morning. God wants to just have a real sense God wants to open up some homes this morning. God wants to open up some homes in ways and for people that you would never expect. God wants to open up some homes. Maybe some of you need to think about that and pray about that this morning. You know, sometimes we can easily respond, but I'm too busy going to that meeting. I'm too busy doing this. I'm too busy with with those people. That's my that's my ministry. That's my thing. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus just wanted to borrow his boat. God just wants to use the things that he's already given us. Our homes, our possessions. And it's really exciting when God steps into people's lives in new ways. That's wonderful. Opening up your home to people to do Bible journaling. I didn't know you could get Bible journaling Bibles either. It's wonderful. I want to encourage you to step out this morning. Is God wanting to use you? And is he going to say to you, I want you to get out into deeper water. I want you to push out into deeper water where you will see a breakthrough. Just feel, sorry, I don't know your name, the lady in the white top there. What's your name? Zoe. Zoe, Zoe I just felt as we were worshipping this morning that uh, uh, God is going to be asking you to push out into deeper water. Uh, I don't know what that may mean or, or, or anything, but he's going to want you to push out into deeper water and that he um, is going to deliver a supernatural breakthrough. There's something that you've been waiting for, something that you've been asking for, and uh, just just feel that, yeah, God is going to uh, do that. But you need to allow him to let you sail out into deeper water, into something and places where you've, you, 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 you're not going to be in your comfort zone. <laughs> you're not going to be in your comfort zone at all. Uh, but, but, but it's in that place that uh, there'll be uh, a breakthrough. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good. <laughs> good. Um, so before, before the supernatural breakthrough, as I say, it's easy in this account to focus on what, what happens to this miraculous catch of fish. But before that, Jesus turns up and he asks Simon to get involved in what he is doing. And the second thing that happens when Jesus turns up, um, he says uh, to Simon, so verse 4, when he had finished speaking, so when Jesus had, had finished um, speaking the word of God, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. So, once the kingdom business has been attended to, Jesus then turns his attention to Simon's personal situation. Simon's personal needs. Jesus tells Simon to put out into the uh, deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And, and then Peter, Simon responds. And you can, you can read several, this, Simon's response in several words. I mean, 
What he actually says is, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. Now, was Simon saying that because it was Jesus telling him? So, you know, was Simon saying, Master, we, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but because it's you, Lord, because you're with us in the boat, I'm going to do everything that you say and I'm going to let down the nets. Or was Simon saying, Master, we've been out all night. We've had it up to here with fishing. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're tired out. We're tired out. We've caught nothing. But if you insist, if you say, we'll put out the nets. Now, I don't know. Which one was it? I'd like to think it was the latter. I think it was the latter one, really. I think Simon had done enough fishing. He was just, you know, but he said, well, okay. I mean, there were loads of reasons why from Simon's perspective, what Jesus was asking him to do was just plain silly. It was just daft in every practical cir- circumstance. I mean, after all, Jesus is not a fisherman. <laughs> he may have been a wonderful speaker, a roving rabbi and preacher, but Simon knew this guy was not a fisherman. <laughs> he was not a fisherman. And that here he was telling Simon, an experienced fisherman, how to go about doing something. What does Jesus know about fishing? Everybody knew that the best time to fish was at night. Now, in the, in the Sea of Gennesaret, in the sea there, it was like an inland lake. And um, in the daytime, in the hot climate, sunny climate out there, then shadows were a big thing. So to go out with a boat... In the, in the day, all the fish would have been scared off by the boat. So the fishermen went out fishing by night. It was a well-known practice. You go out to fish by night. That's when you catch most fish. And then Jesus says, push out into the deep water. Well, everybody also knew that all the fish came into the shallow water to feed. <laughs> so you didn't go out in the daytime and you didn't go out into the deep water to catch fish. So here's Jesus telling Simon Peter to do something that is just plain daft. That from every practical circumstance is not going to work. But Simon does what Jesus tells him to do. Do you do what Jesus tells you to do even when it seems daft? (laughs) Even when it seems silly? Even when you've no idea what's going to happen next because the thing that should happen it's not going to happen because it's daft. When was the last time you started to do something and it was going to end up in a real mess unless God showed up? <laughs> Simon, you know, threw out the net with no expectation at all. But God showed up. In fact, God was in the boat with him. And there was a supernatural catch of fish. I find this really challenging. Don't know about you, I find it really challenging, you see, because I want to reason things out. I'm a, I'm a practical, you know, blunt Yorkshireman. You know, if I can feel it and see it and touch it, it's real. But God says to us, hey, I want you to break free from the practical realities of your life and I want to set you free into the supernatural reality of life with me. That's what Jesus wants to do and that's what he wants us to do this morning. Simon obeyed. 
doing what Jesus tells us to do. And he persevered. He'd been fishing all night, but yeah, he agreed. Even if it was reluctantly to throw the net out again, he persevered. He does what Jesus tells him to do. And Jesus intervenes into the practical, into the everyday, into Simon's life. Right where Simon needs the help. Simon's got no fish. Jesus provides a miraculous catch. And as we've seen, it's not just about fish. It's about life. It's about the business. It's about living. It's about having a roof over their heads. And one lesson the disciples learned that day was that Jesus cared about their lives and their livelihoods. We were singing this morning about God's love. It's great to come here and to sing and to receive God's love. But you know what? Jesus wants us to know that he still loves us tomorrow morning (laughs) when we go to work or we're at home or wherever and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. And Jesus wants us to know that his love is not just some wishy-washy, airy-fairy stuff we sing about, but real practical love. He cares about our needs. He cares about your family. He cares about the people you love in the same way that you care about them. He's concerned with your everyday needs. He knows every hair hair on your head, the Bible says. And the disciples learned that day a very, very important lesson. Jesus' love and Jesus' care mean something practical. And it came through a supernatural breakthrough. Do you need a supernatural breakthrough in the practical stuff? Whether it's a job, whether it's finance, whether it's a home to be sold or bought, whatever it is, God wants to break in supernaturally. God's a supernatural God. He wants to break into our everyday lives in increasingly supernatural ways. Just, uh, so, sorry, the guy in the check shirt, your name is? Elliot. Elliot, just as we were worshipping, I just felt that uh, God would say to you, he's heard your prayers. Um, he's heard the prayers about the, the big stuff, the stuff that you, it's something practical, I believe, something that you need to see a breakthrough in, something to change. And uh, God says he's heard your prayers. He sees your obedience. And uh, breakthrough is coming. I'm just going to keep praying for you, Elliot, isn't it? I'm going to keep praying, God, bring breakthrough. Simon does what Jesus tells him to do. He's obedient. He perseveres. And um, sometimes, you know what? We need to keep on doing it, doing what Jesus tells us to do. Even when we don't see any breakthrough. Uh, Who was that devoted a few weeks ago? Quite a few people. Who heard uh, Toppy preaching on uh, Saturday night? Not as many. Some of you were obviously looking after kids and things like that. On the Saturday night, by the way, all the um, talks and the Lifestone talks from Devoted are now up on the website. That's right, isn't it? So you can listen to them. I really recommend you to listen to Toppy Collioso on Saturday night. And he was preaching about advancing through faith. Advancing through faith. And if you were there, you remember he was talking about uh, Joshua and the Israelites before the walls of Jericho, before Jericho, after they crossed into the promised land. And how um, God told uh, Joshua, he told the people to march round 
the walls for six days, six days to march round with the trumpets blowing, but they were not to shout until the seventh day, and on the seventh day they were to march round the walls, and then they were to raise a great shout to the Lord, and the walls would come down flat. And uh, Toppy was saying how the people must have set out on that first day full of hope, full of faith. You know, marching around the walls of Jericho. We are the army of the Lord, marching in the strength of the Lord. And they marched around the walls and had a great day. And probably they turned up on the second day as well, full of faith and, and confident. One or two blisters from all the walking, but we are the army of the Lord. And they marched around the walls. And then the third day they came and eventually, you know, summoned some strength and some encouragement from one another and marched around again, a bit more muted today, marching around the walls. And not a brick in those walls, not a single stone and moved. And then he talked about how the fourth and the fifth days, surely enthusiasm was getting a little bit worn down. Fourth and fifth days, marching around the walls. We are, we are, are we the army of the Lord? God is going to do this thing. But not a stone had moved. Six day. Six day. There must have been some people skiving off, copying out with sick notes back in the tent. There must have been. There must have been. Because six days they'd been doing this thing. And it was stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Jericho's walls, it's reckoned, were about 25 feet high and 20 feet thick. <laughs> okay? And the Canaanites behind the walls were just completely confident that their walls were impregnable. And they were. And yet, here they were marching around singing and blowing their trumpets. It was stupid. And yet on the seventh day, on the seventh day they marched around the walls and they raised a great shout to God. And God flattened the walls flat. Not just made a few holes in the walls, flattened them flat. And the people had been obedient, the people had persevered, and they saw a supernatural breakthrough. Obedience and perseverance create the opportunity for God to intervene supernaturally. And God wants to do that in our lives. He's the same God yesterday, today and tomorrow. Jesus is with us today. We were welcoming him this morning. Jesus is here with us today. He wants to do today what he did 2,000 years ago when he showed up on that, on that beach. What does he want to do? Well, he wants to do the same things. He wants to do what he always wants to do. But there's just three things in particular I feel that God just wants to highlight. He wants to do this morning. I believe Jesus wants to call us to repentance. He wants to call us to repentance you may not have noticed, but right at the end of the passage this morning, Simon says, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Because Simon realised he was in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And when you're in the presence of the Lord, it reveals your own sinfulness. And that's the same for us. When we're in the presence of the Lord, it's wonderful. But the Holy Spirit brings to the surface stuff in our lives that's not right. And this morning, God just wants to call us to 
repentance. A little later on in this passage, in uh, this chapter, Jesus says, it's not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We'll talk about the sick in a moment. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus did not come for the righteous. He called sinners to repentance. That's why he came. That's what Jesus said. We can come up with all sorts of reasons why we think Jesus came, but Jesus said he came to call sinners to repentance. And if that's what he wanted to do 2,000 years ago, that's what he wants to do when he comes amongst us this morning. He wants to call sinners to repentance. There's some here this morning and we just need to fall down at the feet of Jesus. He's calling us to obedience and perseverance to see supernatural breakthrough, but it starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. It says, it starts with getting on our knees and saying, Lord, do you know what? I'm just a sinful man or a sinful woman. God can't work in us and through us and with us until we fall on our knees in repentance. And I just feel that God wants to do that this morning. Some of us here, there are Christians here, we're not just talking about those who are not Christians, Christians here, and there's just some stuff that's crept in, stuff that you just, you, you just sort of compromise with, by saying, oh, that's just me. That's, that's just me. It, it's, a, it's a habit that's just crept in and you tolerate it because it's just you. And you're, you're just you. You're not going to be one of these Christians who see supernatural breakthrough. Um, you don't think that's who you are. So therefore you settle for a life that is tolerating sin. And it's okay. You can, you can still, you know, come to church and whatever, because you're not going to go for the breakthrough. You know, you know, God doesn't necessarily need you to be living a holy life because he doesn't want to do anything through you and with you anyway. Well, he does want to do stuff through you. He does want you to break through in the supernatural. But he can't do that until you repent of the sin. Don't dismiss what God wants to do in your life and therefore tolerate living a life that isn't holy. Live a life that's holy and believe God that he will use you for supernatural breakthrough and he will break through in your life supernaturally. So there's just stuff, just had a sense that for some, probably mainly men here, it's about stuff you're watching. It's stuff that we're looking at, you're looking at with your eyes. God just wants you to repent and to say, that's enough, that's the end, stop it. I want to use you for supernatural, but you must repent. And I feel as well that there's always people here, if you're here this morning and you would not call yourself a Christian, then God wants you to become a Christian. <laughs> it's as simple as that. God is calling you. And repentance for you is to say, God, I'm sorry for not believing in you all these years. <laughs> I don't understand it all, but I recognise I'm in the presence of the Lord. And God wants you on your knees. Maybe practically, or maybe just inside, on your knees, saying to him, God, I repent. I turn away from my stuff. I give myself to you. So God, I think Jesus is calling sinners to repentance. This morning, I believe Jesus is calling 
people to obedience and perseverance. I've talked about that. But I believe there are some of you who are feeling tired and weary. You've been working hard in the service of the Lord and you're just questioning why you're doing it and whether you can keep on doing it because you've seen little fruit. There hasn't been any catch. There hasn't been any harvest. There hasn't been any fruit. You're just doing the same old thing. And sometimes, you know what, it's good to lay things down, but many times it's right to keep going. God loves perseverance. God loves obedience. And I think God just wants some people here today to hear Jesus saying to you, keep on doing what you are doing. Keep on doing what you are doing. Sorry, lady in the blue there. Just, God seems to be on everybody in this section there. Sorry, what's your name? Sorry? Deborah, I just feel God just saying, keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep on doing. Keep on doing. And uh, the thing that you are doing is going to become easier because God has more power for you, more uh, energy for you to keep on doing what you are doing. Uh, he loves your obedience, he loves your heart, and he promises you will see breakthrough. So, I feel God wants to speak to some people this morning who perhaps, like Simon on the boat, was throwing out his net reluctantly. God wants to speak to those who doubt. God wants to to put his finger on the cynics and the sceptics. <gasps> there are no cynics and sceptics in this church. Oh, yes, there are. Show me a church where at times there aren't. God. When? How long is it going to take? That's not going to work. This is not going to work. We've done that. We've tried that. Cynicism and scepticism. And it just, oh, it's there, but it's horrible. And it just deflates everything. It just kills off faith. And God wants to speak to the cynics and the sceptics this morning. You may not want to add up, sorry, own up to who you are. But you know inside that there's just that that cynicism and scepticism that robs you of faith and robbed you of faith. God wants to deal with that this morning. He wants to say, hey, believe. I'm calling you to fresh faith. An end to negativism, an end to cynicism, an end to scepticism. And then lastly, I believe this morning Jesus is here. He does want to bring supernatural breakthrough. Simon was in great personal need that morning. He didn't catch any fish. But when Simon had responded to Jesus calling him into Jesus' kingdom business, Jesus turned his attention to Simon's personal business and Simon saw miraculous breakthrough. I believe there are some people here this morning and you need to see a miraculous breakthrough in the practical. And it could be business, could be work, it could be uh, homes and houses, it could be circumstances, it could be family business, but you need to see a miraculous breakthrough in those areas. 
And I believe there are some here this morning who need to see miraculous breakthrough in the area of healing, supernatural healing of the body and the mind. God wants to say, it's time now, I'm turning my focus on your business. And he wants to break through. And I believe that, we're going to pray in a moment, I believe that there's something there. If you read before and after this particular passage, there's lots of stories about Jesus healing people, but there are stories about how it's the friends of people who turned to Jesus and it was their faith that was important. So just before, immediately before the passage I read out, you get the account of Jesus going into the home of Simon's mother-in-law and it says they asked Jesus to intervene. They asked Jesus to help. Which is quite interesting because Simon showed a lot of doubt and negativity a few verses later on the beach. But when Jesus came into his home, he said to Jesus, please, heal my mother-in-law. And just after this account, there's the story of the friends who lower their friend who's on a, on a, uh, a stretcher. They lower him through the roof. And Jesus says when he saw their faith. And there's something about praying for our brothers and sisters, praying for our loved ones. Um, I cannot do any miracles here this morning. <laughs> I have faith for God to break through. But some of you have got faith as well and God wants to give you faith to pray for those who are sick, those that you love uh, this morning. Let's pray. Let's pray, shall we? Perhaps uh, the band could come back up. Uh, we, may, we may sing. Let's just stand if we can. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. Just few. There are some other um, people may have some sort of prophetic words for people this morning. And if you have, then maybe just come down to uh, tell Graham or myself. Um, but let's just uh, just allow God to, to speak, to seal his word in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Show your power, oh Lord our God, our God. Send your power, oh Lord our God. Send your power, send your power. Send your power, oh Lord our God. 
Spirit, right through this room. Show your power, Lord. Lord, where we need to repent, Lord, convict us. Lord, where we need to be obedient, to do what you have called us to do. Lord, instruct us through the Spirit right now. Lord, where we need your power to persevere in difficult circumstances, send your power, Lord. And Lord, where we need to see your healing touch, your miraculous healing, Lord, right now throughout this room, send your power. Let's just sing and, and just worship if we could sing a song. But as we do that, then I, d- I do believe that God is calling some to respond this morning uh, in the areas that I spoke about or, or maybe just some other aspect of what he's saying to you this morning, what he's doing in your life. Just as we, we sing, I want you to come forward. I'd love to pray for you. Others will pray for you as well. And I'm sure there are some other prophetic words some things that God wants to do. But just come forward right now. Stop coming. And uh, if you know that God is calling you to respond. Sometimes we need to step out physically as a sign of, yeah, I'm responding to this, Lord, in my heart. So as we worship, come forward. We'd love to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.